Before we get to the show, I wanted to say thank you for supporting, downloading, and streaming The Church in Fix. I know that when I originally kicked off this podcast, I did not think that anyone was going to listen to it at all. I've listened to every episode you've put out. So one of the biggest things um, that I think is a disconnect between, uh, I can't speak for my generation, but for me, uh, and, and any elder is the belief that prayer works. You know, while I've done a lot of bad things in my life, you know, God, if you're if you're real, you know, I I pray that you forgive me. He does not require me to go out and get a sacrifice. He requires me to come in and be a sacrifice. Not by what I do, but by how I live. Because can I tell you, we are not owed the presence of God. There's many righteous people that lived in the Bible that never experienced the presence of God because it was in the holy of holies. Many righteous, good people who never experienced God's presence God spoke to them. They never went in the Holy of Holies. I'm not owed the presence of God. But I'm not denied the presence of God if I show up with a sacrifice. God will not deny his children of his presence if we show up with the right demeanor. What do we really consider a sacrifice? We've started to consider the things that we're supposed to do a sacrifice. I understand. I understand. I understand what this feels like this morning. This is not a message I was excited to preach. I understand. But we've started to consider what God said to do a sacrifice. We've distorted the purity of sacrifices into offerings for what's convenient. We started to say, okay, God, I'll I'll give you this because it's extra. It's a little bit left over. I was able to take care of everything that I was supposed to. And so here's here's, here's what's, what's left over of my time, of my talent, of my treasure. Here's, here's the excess. Forgetting to eat and calling it fasting. Reading somebody's Bible scripture that they posted on Facebook and calling it Bible reading. We started to come to God and and hoping with Cain's heart that what we've offered and managed to get in front of him is acceptable. With the heart of Cain. Offering God what's left over. Rather than outline, rather than giving him what was outlined by his word. Welcome back to the Church in Fix. I'm really excited to just greet the audience once again. I know that we've had this little sporadic moment in time where uh, you're not getting the podcast every single week or every other week, and a lot of that has to do with COVID. But also, in my spare time, I was in the uh, process of finalizing my new book. And so that is available now. So before we go anywhere else, I want to just tell you 
stop what you're doing, go to amazon.com and type in Discipled Together. This book will tremendously bless your life. And it's a book about relationships. I want to focus on that. It's a book about relationships and, and it has eight principles. They're discipleship principles that I believe can truly change your life. So don't delay. Stop what you're doing. You can come back to the podcast, hit that pause button, order the book, and then listen to this phenomenal just podcast with one of our young ministers that is in our movement. I'm excited about what he's going to share with us today. So just right now after the book and after you unclick that pause button, here's what we're talking about. So in today's society, it seems as if we always want to approach God on our own terms. So in today's episode, which we're calling Coming to God with Cain's Heart, we have DJ Williams, who is going to talk to us a little bit about something that God's been speaking into his life. He preached a message recently on this. I caught a bit of the message and I just, I, I loved it. I love the way that he was just coming in and sharing some, some just solid principles the church needs to hear. In fact, that's whose voice you just ended up hearing just a few minutes ago. And uh, I just want to say that we have not known each other very long and we were introduced to each other with a group of friends, a group of ministers that are located all over the U.S. And uh, when I met him through this, this, uh, this virtual world that exists out there, one of the things that really stuck out to me was the fact that he has such a sincere, just love of God that beams from his life. And so not only am I excited to talk to him about this topic today, but Know this, if you are located anywhere in the area where he, and I'll let him plug the church and everything, but connect with this family. I know that God will bless you. And with that, I want to say hello, DJ. How are you? Man, I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. I'm so thankful and grateful just for this opportunity to speak to you today. I, I, I'm honored. I'm beyond honored. Man. We're just, we're all, we're all friends here, man. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. This, this podcast, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but it has, uh, it has really been more than what I expected it to be. I've had so many people reach out and say that the topics that we cover, the things that we talk about, really, it's something that they go back and they think about. And I'm, I'm yeah. real big on that is, we got to, we got to, it's not enough to read the word of God or to hear a message preached, but it's what we do after that, that really changes mm. everything. Right. Oh, and uh, yeah. And so I want you to, uh, I, I don't, I got some notes here and I'm not going to go through all of them, but um, there are some particular things that you said in this message that uh, you preached recently. So what I'd like you to do is kind of talk to us today about the heart of this message where it kind of came from and, uh, you know, just take your liberty. Absolutely. So, uh, this message that I preached, I was, uh, very, I, I was just kind of talking with my pastor and, um, I had actually found out uh, that he was going to be, um, preaching at another church when he asked me to, to speak, uh, to, to preach. And, um, 
you know, I, I'm just the type of person I like to be, I'd rather be over-prepared than under-prepared. And I think that sometimes that I might get in my own way a little bit, but I, I definitely always want to go in just with the mindset of, okay, I know what's going on. I know how it's going to go. I mean, like when I tell you, my, <laughs> my wife kind of yells at me sometimes, but as I'm preaching, I even have my ad-libs in there a little bit and so i i I just i want to be as prepared as possible and so that's just kind of the type of person i am so when it got to be the week of and then we're about a sunday out and and god really started dealing with me i don't really want to say that there was a heaviness about this message because i don't feel like that would be the right word but there was just such a burden because i I felt everything in my spirit about sacrifice. I sincerely felt like that was where God was leading me with this message. But, you know, when we're a week out and the only word that God has given you is sacrifice. Right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really starting to be, you know, I'm I'm talking to God and I'm saying, God, I'm, you know, we're getting a little bit closer here. (laughs) I'd really like to have a little bit more than just one word. Um, and this just happened to really coincide with some things that were going on with my job. Uh, there was a, a, you know, huge layoff that they actually ended up going through. And so that consumed part of my week because for about, you know, 30% of the week, I I didn't really know if I was going to have a job at the end of the week. Mm. And it was just a very crazy time. And, uh, with all of this going on, I knew that at the the forefront was just this message. I, I knew that at the forefront, there was something different that was going to happen Sunday. Right. And when I really tell you that I, I couldn't put eyes on that or even, you know, kind of spiritual sensors, I couldn't really put that out to feel what God was really leading me in mm-hmm. until about Thursday. I remember Thursday night, uh, I was sitting in our living room and God really just started to talk to me about why is it that we have started to bring our leftovers for God, Mm. our leftovers of our time, our leftovers of our offering, uh, our leftovers of, you know, what we have left after work kind of ends and Mm. we kind of bring what we feel is acceptable. We bring what we think is a, oh, you know, this this is, I, I put in my hour, even though the quality of the hour wasn't maybe what it should have been. Right. I, I put in my, my, my time frame that I have labeled to give to God, that I have decided that God fits into my schedule right here. And it really started to hit me that we have started to call sacrifice, but we, we've started to call what is inconvenience mm. and we've labeled it sacrifice. You see, there's, there's times where I might miss a meal cause I'm busy or whatever. And I'll be like, well, you know, I, I didn't eat lunch. So I suppose I can say I fasted lunch, but I, I don't think that that's ever what God intended for fasting to be. Right. I, I don't think God intended sacrifice to be something that you're still comfortable after it's gone. Mm. You know, uh, and so that was really, it really just started to take shape 
uh, right up, like when I tell you it was right up until Sunday morning right. that it was taking shape, it was, it was on me. And I got to church on Sunday and I'm turning the lights on. Uh, it's, it's starting to get a little bit, you know, chilly here in Philadelphia area. So, you know, I, I had to get there to know, does the heat need to be on? And we were, we were good there, but, um, I truly believe that God was waiting for me to get there on Sunday morning. Mm. Um, just before I could even minister, I knew that he would, there was something that he was going to cement in my spirit. Right. And that's truly when it, when it took all the form of what you saw on uh, Sunday in that video. You know, listening to you talk about this, one of the things that stands out to me is we, we do it and, and we don't even think twice about it. It's God becomes this afterthought in our lives. And it's like, well, I'm going to pray tomorrow or, or let me give God 10 minutes because I know I'm supposed to do that right now. But it's not out of a desire to be in relationship with him. It's out of necessity almost. And yes. so uh, we, we approach him and we, we're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to come and I'm going to pray or I'm going to fast or I'm going to do all these things. But we, we miss the purpose. Yes. And, and when you said we approach God with Cain's heart, man, that hit me like right in the middle of my chest. Because when I look back at Cain and, and I've preached about Cain before as well, but one of the things that, that just hit me in the way that you said that was Cain brought what he wanted to bring God, yes. not what God was asking for. Yes. And we are are in this place where we we in the church we begin to get so comfortable around God and and around the spirit of God and and, yes. and we take the the blessings of God for granted that we don't even realize that we're no different than Cain in our approach to him and then we wonder why we we seem to be somewhat rejected right Oh, absolutely. And I think that it's, it's kind of that way of us relabeling. Like when I, when I was trying to get ready for this, I was looking and I was really just kind of studying what sacrifices were because that was all I had to go on at the time. And there were very detailed things that God required for a sacrifice to be. You know, it was not just what they decided to mm. give to God. There, I mean, even even their offerings of praise that they gave to God, there was a specific way that they were supposed to give it to God. And when you start to look at the layout of the temple uh, and the tabernacle that was set up in the wilderness, you could not get to the Holy of Holies. You could not get to where the presence of God was if you did not go by way of the altar. If you did not first go through sacrifice, you weren't worthy to be in God's presence. Mm. That is something that hit me because I, I so often am just ready to, when I pray, I'm like, okay, I, it's, it's not necessarily a good prayer meeting with God. If I'm, you know, not, you know, blubbering and crying and, and really just in this state of, you know, having a good emotional feeling when I leave God's presence. Mm. But I think oftentimes I'm so I go into God's presence deciding what I'm going to get out of it when God would rather say, can you come into my presence and take what I give you to leave with? 
You know, I, I'm tr I'm trying to be in that mindset, especially um, in this time in my life where I'm really learning how to communicate with God um, more and more each day. I, I feel, and I and I know that we might not ever get. I might not ever get to that place where I'm just. You know, I know how to just turn it on and off. I hope I always feel for God. And I hope I always get to that place where I am going to God for his edification. I'm going to God to, uh, like the Bible says, when there were the uh, angels that ministered, the angel that ministered to Jesus. Mm -hmm. he, he was there for, to, to completely give Jesus all of what he deserved. He was not there for his own purpose. God made me to be his. And so I try, I've been trying in the past couple of years, especially um, just to learn, to understand what relationship with God requires. Mm. It, it doesn't all, and it's not always those super high Sunday services. It's not always those mountaintop experiences. I'm very much learning that it is God's, my relationship with God requires just as much valley time, possibly even more time in the valley, wow. in right. the stillness, uh, that, that time in the garden, it was not an easy prayer to pray. That when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, that was not an easy prayer to pray. But he was literally, Jesus the man was putting his life on the line and saying, whatever my calling requires, mm. that's what I'm willing to give. And for me to get to that point in my life where I can say to God, you know what? This is so much more about what I give you than what you give me. I, I want to have that daily bread. I want to have that daily communication with God, but I need for my ministry that God gave me. I need for that ministry to always be more about what I can give to him, what I can give to his kingdom, what I can give to his people. And if I never quote unquote benefit from it, then that I, I, I'm, I'm living how I'm supposed to live that life. Right. Oh man. That's, that's, that is so good. There, there's so much to unpack there. I mean, there, there really is because we, we, as the church, we tend to say, you know, Jesus, our example, but his example was an example of sacrifice. It was an yes. example of denying himself. Yes. For, it, it was a, it was a, a life lived for other people. And we get so comfortable in this idea that it, well, if, if, if that, if what God is requiring of me is going to make me uncomfortable, mm. well, well, I, I, I can't step over there because, because mm. I, I want my comfort. And the whole time, the Spirit of God is, is calling and saying, you've got to come to this place over here. You've got to experience brokenness. You've got to experience yes. loneliness. You've got to experience all these things because that's the place that God ministers deep into our soul. But if we're always coming to him with a, Hey, it's, it's on my, my terms this time, God. Yes. Yes. Mm. So, so, so here's one of the things that you, uh, you said in the message that really stood out to me too. It says, we give God what's left over, which is not our first fruits. Now the principle in the Bible and the scriptures is that we're supposed to give him 
our, our first fruits, our first offering. And I know we, we tend to always go straight into the idea of tithing when we talk about that, but really it's more than just that, is it not? Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that when we, one of the things, I'm not very old. <laughs> I, I know I'm not very old, but one of the things that I'm noticing as of late is that one of my greatest commodities is my time. Mm. One of the things that I find most valuable as I get older is my time. Now, I, I have really tried to look at it and examine my time and understand that my time to God, uh, that the time that God has given me, it is limited. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't go on two hours of sleep and, and run for 22 hour days for very long. I can't just continue to burn the candle at both ends and, and end up somewhere in the middle. And so if I'm getting to the end of my day and there's not enough time left, I've got to examine what is filling all that time. Mm. This was something that I really started to realize when I kind of broke down. I, I typically sleep about six hours a night. And so that leaves roughly 18 hours in the rest of my day. If my math is correct. It's been a while since I was out of school. <laughs> <laughs> Not that long, nah. but you know, long enough. <laughs> and so uh, when I look at that, I'm in, I'm in work from roughly eight to 10 hours a day. So let's, let's just say, let's just say nine hours and, and split the difference. That leaves another nine hours Mm-hmm. That I am not doing, I'm not at work, I'm not at church every single day. So why is it that in those nine hours, I mean, just give half of that to my family. Right. And then you, that's four and a half hours. Really, in four and a half hours of free time, I don't have time to give to God. Mm. You know, and even when you break it down like that, am I really giving him my best time? If I can just manage to give that that hour or that 15 minutes before bed, you know, what am I truly giving to God that is worth him using? Mm. I, I, and I, I really had to analyze that. I had to look at myself and just understand that I need to be more specific. I need to be more intentional when it comes to giving God my time or my time because you know that the bible says redeeming the time for the days are evil and it's just one of those things where uh, until i do not have any more of it until that that time is completely exhausted i've got to use it for specific purposes because i i truly every, every uh i think it comes through usually on sunday morning when i'm sitting at church usually i get that notification about okay your daily phone the daily amount of time that you looked at your phone was you know, this amount of time a day. Mm-hmm. You averaged six hours on your phone, eight hours on your phone a day. And I start to think like, well, my goodness, that, that I, how, how much am I truly using that time for the things that are worthwhile to God? Mm. Yeah. And, and the other thing I think about too is we, we and I've said it, I, I'm sure I've read it somewhere else as, as well, but uh, we tend to always make time for the things that we want to do. And, and I think that that's the key when, when we take a look at our own hearts is, God, do I want to spend time with you? Man, absolutely. 
that that is that is such a and that's such a great question. I think obviously our mind defaults to oh, of course, of mm-hmm. course I want to spend time with God. That's our our default mindset a lot of times. Of course I want to spend time with God. Of course I want to give this to God. But you know, as we become adults and we have much more say over the time that we spend doing whatever we want, we we truly will make time for what we desire to. Mm. I mean, there's, there's so few, um, there's other than work, other than church, there are so few true obligations. I've found time that I've, I've understood that if I need to get up early to do something, I'll get up at whatever time, three in the morning, four in the morning. If I have to drive somewhere to be a part of something, I'll I'll drive and and I'll go. I'll enjoy that time at that event. I'll drive back and I'll get home at 3 Mm a.m. because it's it's what I wanted to do. You you, you see the value there. Yes. And that reminds me, even uh, in my own life. I know that something that's important to me is I, I need to go walking every day. It, it, it clears my head. It, you know, you, you move your heart rate up. And because it's so important to me, I know that if something's going to take place that morning uh, and I would not be able to do my normal morning walk and I know I have to get up earlier, then what I do is I go to bed earlier so I can still get the amount of hours of sleep that I want to where I can right. still wake up early enough to get my walk in to where I, I, I will maneuver and I will put myself out is, is what I'm talking yes. about. Cause we're talking about sacrifice yes. in order to make time for what's important to me. Yes. In, in regards to that. And now when we talk about our spiritual lives, are we willing to go to bed early <laughs> in order to get up early yeah. to, make sure that we have that 30 minutes of prayer time or that 30 minutes of Bible reading time or that, that time to reflect and say, God, you know, what, what do you want my day to look like? Is, is there somebody that I'm supposed to interact with today that you have placed me in their life with a strategic purpose or, or whatever that is. But if we, uh, going back to what you were talking about in the message, if we put everything else and, and we end up just giving God what's left over, then it's like, Oh, I can stay up late to, you know, finish this Disney Plus series, maybe, or, yeah. or yeah. you know, or I'll, I'll wake up uh, a little bit later tomorrow. And if I don't pray and if I don't do all this other stuff, then I still have time to take my shower, get dressed, get out the door, get that cup of coffee, you know, maybe stop by Starbucks on the way, even though it's a little bit out of the way. I'll do what I want to do. And yes. somewhere along the way, our relationship with God has to be, it has to be more than just a... Uh, oh, we do this because we were raised this way, or we do this. There has to be a drawing of ourselves to to the Spirit of God that we want to be around Him as much as we want all these other things. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, just just the way that you say said that about how uh, you know you will adjust your day specifically to partake in that activity of walking that is so beneficial to you. And I oftentimes, I, I, I try to think about what God sees when he looks at me. Does he see somebody that will say Sunday, I mean, from just 11 till about 1.30, oh God, I want everything that you have for me. 
God, I want, I want it all. I want your passion. I want your purpose. I want to live with that consecrated lifestyle. I'll sacrifice for you. I'll do whatever it takes because I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but on Sunday morning when I'm in church and the music is great and the preaching is fiery, my goodness, I'm ready to, to go home and fast 48 hours. I'll do whatever God wants me to. But then I come home and, you know, I just, I have to check on the football game. I got to see who won. Right, you know, right. I, I, I have to I have to make sure that the bears are up, which is, you know, very rare to actually see that. I have to make sure that my quote unquote priorities are in order. And I, I would be terrified for God to come to me and say, this is your priority list, not because of what you say, but because of the time that you invest in them. Mm. And I, and that is something that I have to remind myself because it is so easy. It is so easy to get carried away with distraction. I, I would say that's one of my, that's one of my biggest, biggest struggles is just staying focused, just not getting distracted by things that truly add nothing to my relationship with God. And I know that we all have hobbies and pastimes. And I, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I, I enjoy sports. I'm, I'm into sports. I grew up playing some sports, but truthfully, truthfully, can God call himself more than just a hobby in my life Ooh. by the way that I spend my time? Mm. I, I would never, I would never, I would never want my wife to think that she was a hobby I would never want my daughter based on the time that I spend with her to think that she was a hobby. Mm. But, but when it comes to God, am I okay with thinking that, like, like you said, is it something that I want? Is that desire truly there? Do I want him to be more than just a hobby? Uh, I'm a fan of sports, but I can't really afford to be a fan of God. Mm. Uh, I, I need to be a, that, that follower mindset has to be in me because I look at, um, there's so many times in the Bible and one of my, one of my very favorite books is, uh, not a fan. I believe it's by Kyle Eidelman, if I'm not mistaken. And he's just talking about the difference between being a fan and being a follower. Mm. The, when the miracles kind of dried up, when there wasn't a miracle going on, there wasn't the, the crowds just thronging him. When, the, when miracles weren't going on, there weren't just those thousands of people watching his every move. When it was the garden, it was that intimate setting. And it was, you know, that things were about to happen. The people all dispersed. The, the, the fans of him dispersed. But the followers, the followers were there when he was talking about his body being broken. Mm. The, the followers were there when he said, this is my blood, drink of it. Would I, would, apologize for that, um, would I be close enough, would I be close enough to God? Would he be able to tell by the time that I've invested exactly what's in that, that he's important to me? Mm. Mm. Uh, man, this, I think this is one of those episodes where people are going to have to stop and, and think about what's being said. Uh, I can't afford to be a fan of God. That is, that is such a powerful statement, such a powerful statement. And, and I think that that leads into uh, one of the questions that I have. And I think that this is on the clip that we played of the message 
uh, as well. And and you you ask you ask a question, uh, or it's really a question, but you present it as a statement. And that is that is why don't we give him what he asked for? And and that's a question. I, I'd like to get your insight on that. What what is it? Because if you were to like just poll people and say, do you love God or do you want a relationship with God? I'm sure that a, a lot of people are going to say yes. <clears throat> so so what is it that causes us to act like or, or, or why don't we give him what he asked for? And if I was if I was to kind of audit my own life and I was just to kind of look at me, I think what would end up being my biggest struggle and my biggest issue is that there is really and sincerely nothing convenient about serving God. Mm. There, there is nothing convenient about serving God. I look at especially my generation. I, I can think of very few things that I actually have to wait for. I, mm. I, I don't hardly have to wait for anything in my life. If I order something on Amazon, I can have, it depend, I live very close to Philly. It's probably going to be here the next day for most cases. I, I can order so if I wanted to watch something instantly, mm-hmm. just about any movie that I can think of instantly. If it, my wife is, is not home, she's, she's at uh, my in-laws. And so I'm going to make a very easy dinner. It is not going to be hard. I'm not going to have to wait very long for it. But the thing with God and my relationship with God is that I will invest by fasting. I will invest by sacrifice. Mm. I will invest by reading my word. I will invest in his kingdom by, by, you know, bringing people around me and trying to create those relationships and form those ministry moments that are just sincere and genuine. But I'm not going to see those results until there's no more me. Mm. Until the other side, there's things that I will never get praise for. Mm-hmm. I will never get notoriety for. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to cast that crown at his feet. Mm. There's, there's, and I, and I, and I, I want these words to be understood in the way that I'm saying them. On this earth, there's not a whole lot that's in it for me. Mm. But when I get to the other side, when I get to heaven, when I get to glory, I have to invest everything, all of my time, my dedication to serving God. I have to truly invest that in something that I might never see the benefits of. When we're raising those She's for Christ offerings, we're sending that money so that people that I might never meet here can make it to heaven. Mm. I might never meet them until this earth is no more. But all that I do has to be invested into something that I'm believing with every fiber of my being, with every bit of faith that I have, I'm believing with, even though I might never see it. And in a generation where we're so caught up in instant gratification, when we're in this microwave streaming digital society where we see the result for everything, we see the, the result of clicking a mouse, we, we, we see the result of tapping a screen, 
I have to just continue my relationship with God and continue to invest and even my relationship with my wife. If I do something that she approves of it, like, like I feel the love, I feel the, the reciprocation of love. And while I do feel God's love, while I do feel my relationship with God and that closeness and that in intimacy with him, mm. I know that I am ultimately living for something that I will never receive here on earth. And so I, I don't know that this is the same with all generations. I would actually love to just kind of understand and study that with maybe a little bit more depth. But I think with young people in my generation, we have to get over that instant gratification mindset and mm. understand that while we will be used by God here in earth, if we give ourselves to him and we dedicate ourselves to his purpose and we say, God, I'm willing to be crushed under that burden of anointing. I'm willing to be put under because the Bible does say his yoke is easy and it says his burden is light, but we still have to carry a burden. Mm. We still have to be yoked. And so I have to understand that the prayers that I pray and the fasting that I do and the sacrifice that I give to God, I might only see a fraction of that over here. But when I get to where I'm going, when I ultimately get to God's presence and glory, I'm going to see the full result, the full scope. And I think that we have to get over that mindset of being ready to see results for see see results in the spiritual for something that we're doing in the natural. Mm. I'm trying to crush my flesh. I'm trying to crush that me mindset. And so when I don't see the results, when I step out in faith and I don't get the result that I thought was going to happen, when there's not a, a uh, equal reaction to my action, I have to understand I was not investing in this earth. I was not investing in the natural but I'm looking forward to the supernatural. So I hope, I hope that did answer the question. It no, just, that's, that's so good, man. That's, that's so good. And, and uh, we won't bring up your age and I have no idea what it is, but you've, you've alluded uh, several times to the fact that you, you are younger than me, which is, <laughs> is no surprise because just about all of my friends are constantly telling me that. So, so there's that. Um <laughs> But uh, no, that's that's good, man. Uh, wisdom beyond your year, your years, for sure. Um, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving the conversation. And, and, you know, on this podcast, I've been blessed to be able to sit back and just listen to some just great, great women and men just express so much. And, uh, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So uh, one of the things that you uh, said is that our sacrifice is seen in how we live. What do you mean by that? So I think that while uh, our, our church right now is it's a, a, a relatively new church, we had our grand opening um, roughly five years ago, maybe just a little bit over five years ago. And so uh, one of the things that I think a lot of our people are going through and a lot of the people that I was speaking to on Sunday, one of the things that they're beginning to understand is that living for God does take work mm. and it does take that dedication. It takes a lot of our time. And so 
uh, our sacrifice, when we, we don't take sacrifices to church, we're not bringing sheep to God in the church house, we're, we're not bringing doves, we're not bringing those things, but the sacrifice in the way that we live are the things that we don't take part in, mm. the things that we give up for God. Now, there's a lot of things that are just commandments that we consider sacrifices, you know, the things that we're not supposed to do that we don't do. And a lot of times we do consider those uh, sacrifices, but really those are just the things that God said, don't do this. That's not necessarily a sacrifice. It's my responsibility to live for God. Mm -hmm. But the sacrifices are the things that I intentionally say, you know what, this isn't wrong but I don't know that I'm fully living what I could for God with this in my life. Mm. You know, this isn't necessarily a commandment. This isn't a sin. This isn't something that God said no to, but I'm not going to let this take away time for God. I'm going to go without this so that I can draw closer to God. Mm. I think a lot of times I've said this to my young people when I was teaching, a lot of times it's not necessarily the fact that we can't hear God because we're not listening. But when my wife is speaking to me, we can be driving in the car. I love listening to music as I drive. I listen to podcasts as I drive. And my wife has told me something consistently over the past uh, six years, five years that we've been married, six years that we've been together. She is not going to talk over the music in the radio. Right, if, right. If I'm listening to something on 20, she refu- she will not talk to me unless it's at at least 11. That's an agreement that we have. We She'll talk at 11. 11 is a decent communication level. However, one of the things that I think that we have to understand with God is he is not just going to intrude. He's not going to barge in. He is going to speak at his level we have to turn some other things down. Mm. It's not the fact that God is just like, he, he, he's not always in the fire. He's not always in the rushing and mighty wind, but he's the still small voice. Right. And in order for you to hear that still small voice, you need to turn other things down. Mm. A lot of times what I need to turn down is my desires. I literally need to turn them down. I literally need to say, you know what? I can go without basketball today. I can go without football, without baseball today. I can go without YouTube today. I need to turn the things down that would interrupt God trying to speak to me on a spiritual frequency. Because it's not that listening to music in the car is wrong. It's not that enjoying something is wrong. But if it's getting in front of my relationship with God, if it's getting in front of the voice of God trying to speak to me, I need to be in that place where I hear him, where I can say, you know what? God's trying to speak. I need to turn some other things down. Mm. You know, God, God meets us at the level that he wants us to be at. If he wants me to be at seven, I, I can't have everything else up at a 10. Right. If God wants to speak to me at a specific level, if he wants to speak to me at a specific place, I have to be in, in, I have to have fasted enough. I have to be used to turning down my flesh 
I have to be used to turning down the things that would interrupt my frequency with God and just understand that uh, how am I, how am I going to tell the God of all creation that, you know what, I, I'm going to need you to speak up. I'm going to need you to speak a little louder. No, I need to turn some things in me down. Mm, that's good. And, and that goes, that goes into, into the next uh, thing that I'd like to bring out is in Genesis, the fourth chapter, verses three through five, we get a, uh, a look at Cain and Abel and the differences between their offering. And, and uh, the scriptures say, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Now, I don't know about you, but I have tried to go back and find a place where God specifically tells Cain, don't bring fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and when I look at that, I've thought many times that Abe, or, or Cain, he worked hard. He wor- just like Abel worked hard. Right. And Cain prepared his offering, just like Abel prepared his offering. And then Cain presents his offering, and God rejects it. And the thing that stands out to me about that is I think that we tend to, when we try to approach God on our own terms, we want to bring up that, well, I did this, and I did that, and I, and, and, you know, you could go on, but God specifically just comes back and says, but that's not what I want, mm. which means that we can only give him the offering that he wants. Mm. And, and, and talk to us a little bit about that and, and what you see in those scriptures. Absolutely. I think that one of, one of the things that you, I, I was kind of, it was kind of hitting me as you were speaking was just that, that Cain's reaction. It, God, when, when it says God was displeased, God didn't cast Cain out of his presence right then. Cain had an awful reaction to God's correction. Mm. Now, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm, I do not often get things right and perfect on the first time. And so I, there, there was so much more an opportunity for Cain to turn the thing around. Mm. There were, God, God did not say, get out of my presence. You're, you're cast out. I, I never want to see you again. At that point, Cain still, the Bible says that God respected Abel in his offering. And I think that what, what was eating Cain up was not just the fact that his offering was displeasing to God, but it's that he saw somebody else giving the right stuff. He saw somebody else getting appreciation for getting the right stuff. And that's what set him off. Mm. I think that sometimes I see and, I, and this is just me being vulnerable. I see other people that are having these opportunities and some people that are having these incredible moves of God and some people that are preaching. And when I tell you anointing and pat, like you can feel it through the screen, you can feel it through the Facebook video. And I'm like, man, what, what in the world? Like, I, I, but I, it's not as if I don't work hard on my messages. It's not as if I don't spend time with God. 
But am I giving God what he is requiring of me? Or am I giving God just, you know, this, this should be acceptable. Like, I mean, you know, this, this should be all right. God didn't specifically say how much time he wanted me to spend with him. So this should be, I, I cannot get frustrated when God, when somebody else gives God what he asks for mm. and get the results that they've been praying for, that they've been fasting for, that they've been believing for. You see, I, the only thing that I can do is alter my direction, is do a course correction. Because I think that as, as had, had Cain come to that place where, you know what, I, I need to give God what he's asking for. I need to give, Cain's heart got infested and got bitter when he did not get the approval because he did not give the right stuff. Mm. I think that should we, I'm so thankful that God does not reward what I give him when I give him less because I know me, I, I'm, I know that I'm the type of person that if it's acceptable, like if it's, if, you know, I, I give, I give about a, you know, 75%, but I get an A plus, I'm going to give 75% the next time it worked. I, I wish I had the motor to be like, I'm going to give a hundred percent, get an A plus, but I know me, I know the type of person that I am. I, I know my frame. I know that if I give 75% and get an A plus, I'm going to give 75% every time. And I'm a coast and I, but God is requiring all that I have. I know if I don't give enough, I know if I don't give what's required. And so God's not going to bless that. God's going to give me exactly what I, he's going to give me the benefit of exactly what I give him. And so I think that one of the things I, I don't know necessarily that I can speak to Uh, what Cain should have done differently before he got to that point. But I certainly can speak to what Cain should have done differently when he received the, the reproach of God. Mm. My, 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 that, yeah, (laughs) that's, yeah. Wow. Okay. Audience, this is where you pause it. You think about it, you go back and you re-listen to that. So much good stuff there. Uh, and and it, it, you would have thought that we would have planned this out because that takes me to the very next thing that I, that I was going to ask you. And, and that is, um, and I think this is in the clip that we played as well, but um, you, you talk about that God won't deny us if we show up with the right sacrifice. Mm. So, so talk to us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So I, I, I believe when I was preaching, I was just talking about how um, at this point, I was just talking about how when you read the Bible, God has exact, he has explicit directions for sacrifices. He has explicit directions for what needed to be done when you were uh, attempting to push back sin for the next year. He has praise offering sacrifices. He has sacrifices what need to be done when when you're dedicating something to him. God has explicit directions for our sacrifices. And so I think that one thing that we don't understand often is what we need to do and what we need to give when our sacrifice, like when, when we bring something to God. 
when we give something to God, we don't often understand that there are very specific instructions. There are very specific ways that we go before God. We cannot just go before God uh, how we often how we often put little preparation. And I know, and I know that you know we don't often. Um, I know that if we need to call on God at any second, any moment of the day, we absolutely can do that. But when we kind of just, you know, when we kind of just decide that we're going to jump into a sacrifice, when we kind of just decide, oh, well, you know, this is this is a good enough thing. It, it doesn't necessarily, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter what it is, but I have to give something up. It doesn't necessarily matter what I'm giving. But I have to, I, I just have to give something up because I heard a good message. I, I, I'll give a little bit of money. I'll throw a little extra in the offering plate. What I find often when God explicitly calls on somebody to give a life-changing sacrifice, when God called on Abraham to give a life-changing sacrifice, he knew that that was the very last thing that Abraham wanted to give. Mm. Had Abraham had to climb up that mountain and had he had to go through with giving Isaac on the altar, that would have been life changing. That would have been life altering. There was absolutely no scenario where his life was just going to be okay if he came down off that mountain without Isaac. And in fact, if you look in the Bible, you can look and you can see that after uh after Abraham and Isaac came down off that mountain, you really never read about him and Sarah being in the same place again. When Sarah died, Abraham had to go and get her body and bury it with his fathers, bury it with his family. And so we don't often understand just how much God requires for a sacrifice. And so one thing that I have tried to do as of late is to ask God. I don't want to come into prayer with something already on my mind. You know what? This is what I'm going to give up. You know what? This is what I'm going to give to God. You know what? This is, I, I already have pre-planned what I'm giving over. I have pre-planned what I'm handing over. But why is it that we don't go to God and ask him, okay, God, what do you want me to go without? What do you want me to give up? Who is the person that you, what, what will it require to be the person that you see me as? What will it require for me to be the person that you called me to be? Mm. I, 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 don't, I don't know exactly, uh, I don't know exactly what Abraham thought his life was going to be that night when he stood under the stars and God said all of those things to him. You're going to have more children than, than the stars in the sky. You're going to have more children than the sand on the shore. I don't know what Abraham thought that his life was going to turn into at that point, but did he understand all that it would require? Mm. Did, or could he only get to that point? by following the steps that God had laid out for him. Very rarely, very rarely do you ever read about somebody who was called to live an incredible life in the Bible. You don't often read about them being comfort, comfortable. Mm -hmm. 
they, they don't have a high comfort level. Yes, Abraham was well taken care of uh, monetarily and financially, but for a large portion of his life, Abraham was traveling. Abraham didn't have a home. Abraham was called out of where he was and grafted into this life that he never saw coming. One of my favorite stories right now is reading about uh, Ruth and Naomi. And when you talk about Ruth, you, you talk about how she never, she had to lose everything that she thought her life was going to be. When, he, when she was married to Naomi's sons, she, she could have had her life planned out. She had married up. She had married one of you know, God's chosen people. And then she had to lose all of that for her life to take shape in the course that it was supposed to. Because when she, when she lost her husband, she moved back to that land where she was a stranger and she went to work in the field. And that's how she met her husband. That's how she met the, the, the redeemer of, of, her, of her lineage. And they would have a son and he would have a son. And then David was gonna come along. She didn't, she, she, she couldn't have earned that, but she had to lose everything that she thought her life was going to be. She had to sacrifice and put on the altar and say, this is my, my this is my old identity. That, that, I, I know I'm a Moabitess. I, I know that. I know I'm from Moab, but you know what? This is who I am now. I have a resilience and I have, I have to lose who I was. I have to lose what I thought I knew about myself. I had to lose that old identity, sacrifice it. And that's going to turn into me being able to be grafted into this line of kings of later down the line, the line of Jesus Christ. And so I think that so often we have to, we are going to have to give God exact exactly what he asks for it cannot be anything less my sacrifice might no, might not look like your sacrifice but i can guarantee you we are going to be the people that god called us to be if we're willing to give what he requires and not what we pre-planned mm. mm -mm -mm. yeah that's good i, I, I if you go back and listen to a lot of these podcasts, um, you'll find that there's not many times that I lose the ability to have words to say. <laughs> and, and DJ, I, I mean, there, there are so many golden nuggets in these statements and, and that's good. And what I, what I was thinking about while you were talking about that was really, I guess when it, when everything comes to conclusion, when you look at the life of Cain and Abel, the difference there was the heart condition of the two brothers. Yes. One was seeking to please God no matter yes. what. And one was more nonchalant with, well, this should be good enough. Yes. And, and that's, that's what we've got to protect ourselves from. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. One of the one of the things, if I can just say, yeah, this, go ahead. Yeah. One of the things that I, uh, I I said in my message, I'm not positive if it was uh, in the clip, but one of the things I, I had said with my message was um, you look at so many of the sacrifices that God required his people to give. 
and they required blood. Mm. They required for something to give up life so that the sacrifice could be acceptable to God. And when you look at Abel's sacrifice, that cost him something. He, he was giving up livestock. He was giving up part of his livelihood. Mm. And while Cain did bring part of his livelihood to God, just naturally, you can, you, you can regrow produce. You can grow more produce. And while livestock will reproduce, while livestock will continue to grow, it was a lot less costly for Cain to give that sacrifice to God. It didn't require any immediate loss. But when Abel put that sacrifice on the altar, he said, when I leave, I'm going away without this life that I came with. Mm. It was, there was no life in what Cain lost. And that was just one of the things that I, I noticed when I was studying, like, what are, what are we willing to give up that will affect our life? Mm -hmm. What are we willing to give up that when we leave, there will be a little less of our life and a little bit more of God? Because though Cain, I'm sorry, though Abel did give up more, he gave up a little bit more costly. It was costly to him. That's exactly what it took to receive God's pleasure, to receive God's respect on his offering. Mm. That was just one of the things that I, I noticed when I was just studying for that. No, that's so good. And I, and I, I believe that those who listen to this podcast, uh, you've, you've given all of us something to go back and, and really dwell on, contemplate, think about it. Uh, take a take a hard look at ourselves, and and see where we're at. Mm. Are we are we possessing the heart of Cain? Are we possessing the heart of Abel? Right. And uh, that it's just it's beautiful. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. I know that I try to keep these right at an hour mark, and and I know that if we continue to talk, it's gonna we're just gonna keep going. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I do appreciate you taking the time to be a part of this. Uh, I, I am a person who believes that we, we got to share messages. We've got to share stories. We've got to talk about these things because in doing this, we, we allow all of the church, all of the church of God to get something that can really change them. You know, when the Bible talks about the fivefold ministry with the purpose of the perfecting of the saints. And I look at things like this as, as just an extension of that is what, what is in the conversation that somebody can take and it truly change their life for the future. So DJ, thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, would you like, uh, would you like to tell us, uh, you don't have to, it's totally up to you. But uh, would you like to tell anyone how to uh, connect with you on social media or anything like that? Oh, sure. So uh, on social media, I'm on I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. And those are kind of the two that I really that I really stick to. Uh, I often joke and say that, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see a lot more of what my wife and daughter look like than you're going <laughs> to see. <laughs> but I'm OK with that. I'm OK with that. And so on Instagram. I am CDWJR, and on Facebook, 
I'm just DJ Williams. And, uh, and so I share a lot of, uh, you know, what's going on with, with the youth here in the um, Philadelphia uh, metro area in, in this section of our state in Pennsylvania. I share a lot of my family, a lot of my church. I go to New Life Church in Westchester, Pennsylvania. So, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm real, real invested in those, those three things. And, and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm excited for them. Awesome. Well, we've got about five minutes left. So uh, anyone reach out, connect with DJ. I know that your life will be blessed and God has built us for connections so much so more that we realize that today in the, in the world of, of COVID-19, uh, God created his body to link up and be connected. So uh, reach out to him. Uh, lastly, and again, I have to do this because the book is out now and I've got to, I've got to plug it and plug it and plug it. Right. Uh, you, you have received your, your copy of the book and, and I did not ask you ahead of time if you've read it all yet or started it or anything. And it's okay if you have not, but, um, if you have, is, is there anything that has stood out to you that maybe you think that our audience might find uh, helpful to them? So I have not read it yet. However, I am going on vacation next week. And it is the only book that I am bringing with me. And I am, I am one of those people. And I hope that, you know, this doesn't offend a, a bunch of readers hardcore, but I love to uh, highlight my books. I highlight the things that stand out to me. I highlight the things that I um, really just, uh, I really just, that hit home with me and I understand that I can't forget. And so I'm bringing a couple highlighters because I really have a feeling that from everything that I've heard from everyone that has read this book, you're, you're going to run out of <laughs> highlighter <laughs> when you're going through it. And so, but one of the, one of the things that I, I, I I'm thankful because as you were crafting this book and as you were getting, um, getting this together, I kind of got to see into the process and uh, you were telling just some of the stories that are go that either were going to be in this book or, you know, you didn't put them in this book, but, you know, there, it was a real heavy debate on whether or not you wanted to include them. And just some of the things that I've been trying to take more personally about just your interactions with people like your neighbors, your interaction with people, just like, just like, not necessarily with the, uh, you know, not necessarily with the the determination, like, oh, they've got to come to church. Oh, they've got to sit next to me. Just being a genuine person. Right. I, I think that that's something that we forget so often is you, you see a lot of Jesus walking around and being in town and talking to people and, and just being a, a person that was approachable, that people, people could just come up to and speak with. And I, and that's something that, I mean, you, you've told just shared stories that I have not forgotten and I'm excited to get into this book. I'm excited to, to be a part of it. And I can promise you that the next time I step back in, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I will have that book read and I can't wait. I honestly, I, I can't wait to just have a conversation with you about it. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. The, the thing that's really just kind of blown my mind, so to speak, about the book is, and I've said it before, I, I, yeah, I haven't said it on this podcast yet, but is that, the, that you know, you, you work on something and, and that book was a, was a three-year project. 
and and you work on something and you've read it and almost where I, I don't know, I might be able just to quote straight from it at this point, you know, uh, and my wife has given me a hard time about, Hey, did you find anything new? Because I've, once we, we got the paperback copy, I think I've read the paperback copy about five times now, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but when, when other people get it in their hands and then they start to talk about how it's helped them. There's churches out there right now that are going to go through small groups using this book as a, as a tool before the end of this year. And, and to see all of that come together, it, it's not only humbling, but I, I look at God in all in wonder because there are some very personal stories that are shared in this book in order to reinforce the principles. And, and I remember there was times that I, I, I thought, why, why do I have to go through this? Or why is this? And then to see people's lives being touched uh, right. is, is just such a blessing. So again, connect with DJ Williams on social media. And then if you have not had an opportunity to pick up your copy on amazon.com, just go into the search bar, type discipled together. The book will pop right up. You'll see it. You'll, you'll know it as soon as you see it. Uh, uh, I'm very excited about the cover that was developed for me. And um, the other thing is if, if you just aren't a uh, hard copy person, you can go to Apple Books and you can do the same thing. Type Disciple Together into your search bar. You'll find the book. Or there's also a Kindle edition that is out as well. So, so you have three modes that you can reach out and, and get a copy of this book. And if you want to reach out to me with feedback, I would greatly appreciate that. There's another project that um, I am getting ready to start, which will be a companion piece to this book. Um, and anything that feedback that people have would be just phenomenal to make sure that you have a better product in the continuation of the idea of being discipled together and uh, changed by God. So with that, I want to say one more time, thank you, DJ, for the opportunity that, that we've had to just sit down and have this conversation. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for what you're doing in your church. And I'm sure that our listeners can also hear just the passion in your voice as you expressed these, this, this topic. And uh, I just, I can't wait for people to just just unpack all of that and their lives to be deepened with their relationship with, with the Lord. And uh, thanks again.